there is only one true way to be enlightened and entertained with the best sports knowledge. That way is the American way. Welcome to the American Way podcast. Here's your host, Amir. Hello and welcome. Thank you so much for being patient with me. There's a lot of thing, uh, moving parts going on this week. So thank you all for joining me again for another episode of The American Way. I'm your host, Amir Al-Dumyadi. Uh Welcome, welcome one, welcome all. Uh, we got a lot of crazy stuff going on this past week. Uh, Vikings making some moves. Uh, some people happy about it, others unhappy. Uh, Gophers will be having a new basketball coach. Uh, got the tra- NBA trade deadline coming next week. We'll get some guests coming on to talk about that some bit. A bit. We got tournaments coming on this week. Got a lot going down. Uh, I want to start off by saying, uh, last episode I was hundred percent wrong. Although I was close, but no cigar. This is not horseshoes. So I said I. I thought that the Vikings would sign Carl Lawson. Unfortunately, they were close, but did not. As it appears, it appears that uh, as we've talked about previously on this podcast, when I had uh, when I had my guest Chad Graff on, he uh, he we talked about it then, and he reported it on uh, Monday. Uh, Daniel Hunter's unhappy unhappiness. So it sounds like the Vikings didn't want to pay a defensive end more. Then, uh, then Hunter was getting paid, so just uh, uh, so the Jets gave Lawson more money. However, they came out of left field and decided to sign the, one of the best uh, run st- uh, run stoppers in uh, in free agency available, signing Delvin Tomlinson. I have some mixed feelings about it. I think it's a great move individually by himself, but I will admit that having Tomlinson and having a player like Michael Pierce next to him. To me, at first, it just doesn't make sense. Now, it appears from what I've read and what I've heard that Tomlinson will be playing uh, at the free at the three technique, and Pierce will be at the nose. So maybe it could work. I mean, Tomlinson has rushed the passer, rushed the passer. He had more pressures and more sacks last year than I thought he Odegbo. If that's saying something, so he had uh, four, uh, three and a half sacks on twenty eight pressures. Uh, both career highs, but he's mostly no been known for all, throughout his career as a uh, as great at great at stopping the run. So I don't know. You have two guys across and now. A lot of people are saying, "Oh, this is the next Williams Wall," and I think I agree. It's it, what it I what I do like love about this move is last year one of the biggest uh, warts of the Vikings defense last year was their inability to stop the run. They just could in several games. Just it seemed like the opposing offenses were just running the ball down the throats, which was then allowing them to throw to throw downfield easily. So I love the move that you had that now you have two guys who can stop the run, but I guess they I I still think they need another edge rusher, and we'll talk later we'll talk later on today about my thoughts on Hunter. But 
I just, I don't know. I think if they want to play Tomlinson at three technique, maybe they can get some more out of him uh, to maybe rush the passer. But uh, I think if they're trying to stop the run, it's a good move. Uh, they're paying. They're going to be paying him eight million this year. Uh, it's about eight million. So we'll see. I mean, Tomlinson and Pierce, and if he can keep Hunter in the fold, that'll be okay. That'll be nice. And then now we find out that they sign up uh, Patrick Peterson uh, to a one-year deal. I like the. I don't know. I think he was a great player. He has he's an eight-time Pro Bowler for a three-time All-Pro for a three, for a reason. But I feel like his play just uh, his play dropped off the past couple years. I feel like since 2018, 2018 was his last good year, and the team uh, the Cardinals were bad, and he asked for a trade, and it never he never got it. Then twenty nineteen, he missed the first six games for a, a suspension, and he never got off the. Then twenty last year, he started off the season pretty well, but ended up ended up poorly. So he's thirty years old. I guess I don't know. I don't know about Peterson if he's if he's gonna be that good. I like him as a player, but I just don't know how much how much he can give the Vikings at this point. So we'll have to see. I mean, I would have preferred another edge rusher. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll see if we can do that. I mean, they have they have yet to address the offensive line, which worries me a little bit. But I mean, they they can address they can address some holes in the draft. But I guess I think they still need one more safety. I think. Uh, you have Harrison Smith under contract only one more year. It sounds like they're gonna give him an extension, but you're gonna need somebody across from him. I mean, I've heard, I've heard that the Vikings had interest in Keanu Neal, who, when healthy, was really good. He was had a hundred tackles last year, uh, his rookie year when he was awesome. They and they went to the Super Bowl. He was good. I think his problems is staying healthy, but if they could get a guy like Keanu Neal, that'd be nice. I know. They had they had the dialogue with Anthony to bring back Anthony Harris, but I don't know if that's gonna happen. So I think they need one more safety. Then I think they need to address the offensive line, and then I think we'll see where we go from there. But that'll be interesting to see. I mean, I think I have mixed mixed thoughts on where where on where this team is headed based on the first three days of free agency. I think there are two really big big name moves. It solidifies the defense. There are two uh, team captains, two leaders that can help in the defense. But I just don't know if they're the right. They're the right. They fill the right holes that need to be filled. I guess we'll just have to wait and see to find figure that out. I suppose. All right. So it was a it was a bit big fuss that was made on social media on Monday when good friend of the program Chad Graff published an update on the Daniel Hunter situation and he which in which he reiter, he reiterated that uh, Daniel uh he he's, he he wants a a pay raise he either wants uh, he either wants his contract renegotiated or a trade he's seeking options and so the thing the thing that really bothered me about the situation is how everyone's up in arms about it when nothing really changed much since last season it's like it's it's quite simple to me, it's quite simple. I know there are worries that well he might get traded, but and that there might be a standoff. I don't see that to be the case. If you ask me, if I I I think it's it's quite simple. It's uh, Daniel loves playing for the Vikings. It's just about money. I think it's quite simple. If they just if they just pay him what he's worth, then then it'll all be solved. And you look at the Vikings' uh, cap situation 
after the moves they've already made, I think it's quite it's quite simple. Just if you if the Vikings wa- uh, want to uh, make sure that their best defensive players on the field week one, and uh, in their uniform, then then the, you what you would do, what they would need to do is give him a large signing bonus. So you give him a pay raise, you give him, you rip up his contract, and there's a precedent for this. The Vikings did this th- uh, two years ago with Adam Thielen. When uh, Thielen had two years left in his contracts, so it's not a, it's not a, uh, it's it's not uh, extra extraordinary. And so all they would need to do is just renegotiate his contracts. You give him a large signing bonus, and then that would act, it would actually lower his cap hit for twenty twenty one. So his current cap hit for this season is seventeen million. His his actual uh, salary is north of fourteen fifteen million, which. It's 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 ridiculous that he's so good when when healthy, he's probably top three or four de- uh, defensive linemen in the league, but at, uh, he, uh, prior to Monday he was the eighteenth highest ra- highest paid player in the league, uh, the highest paid defensive lineman in the league. Now with the contracts given to Carl Lawson and Shaq Barrett, and Trey Hendrickson pushes him down the list, but I think it's quite simple for the Vikings. You just give him a large signing bonus, uh, which would uh, it would it be it be prorated, I believe. Yeah, it, it, it probably it would probably have to be prorated a prorated bonus, and then you would lower his cap hit for this year, and you but you raise his salary for the next three years. And uh, I think it's I I think I don't think it's that simple. See, I don't think it's that uh, difficult. Uh, difficult. Now we'll have to see. If uh, both sides can see it this way, if they, if the Vikings decide to list, uh, decide to negotiate with with Daniel and his camp, I know I was hearing uh, both sides, the Vikings and uh, and uh, the hunter hunters camp, were both pissed off at my at my at, at our guy Chad. Uh, why I don't know. He's he's just writing what he was told. But the thing the thing that bothers me about uh, social media is everyone's all up in arms. Thinking, well, you should have known about this like months ago. Like this is not a new story. It's just the same thing. It's like not saying for sure he'll get traded. It's just saying it's stating the obvious that he just needs to get paid. Now, based on uh, based on what I've heard recently, it sounds like uh, Hunter and uh, Mike and Mike Zimmer they had a conversation, and so it sounds like it, he might eventually get what he deserves. But I think it would just it would just make sense financially. It would make sense for them personnel wise to just pay the guy. It would just would. I mean, and you they let uh, Ifadi Ogdenigbo go, and they have they get they paid Stephen Weverly two million. I like DJ Wanham, but it's like you don't have much of a pass rush other than Hunter, and he's really good. So I would I, I just I don't understand. I don't want people to come at me saying, "Well, Amir, you're gonna be wrong if if I am wrong." But at the moment today, I just believe, firmly believe that although he's unhappy and he wants to be uh, to be paid, I think in the end, common sense will prevail and they'll they'll reward him, and it'll probably it'll probably help their help their cap situation for for this off season to make further moves. I think that it would be, it would behoove the Vikings if they just did it right away. I guess we'll just have to see. We'll we'll have to see how this plays out. I hope Hunter's. I hope Daniel's still on this team because he's really damn good. Uh, if they trade him, it would be really bad. Although they'd probably get caps, uh, 
they probably get some draft picks back. It wouldn't be enough to help him win this year. So I, I really hope that common sense prevails here. So I thought of an interesting thing to bring up, uh, just with the with the trade deadline coming next week and the rumors surrounding the Timberwolves being aggressive, even though they're last, still last in place in the Western Conference. Although they've played really great after the All Star break, with uh, Chris Finch getting in his his tweaks, you got Anthony Edwards playing really well. Uh, he was, he had a really great game against Portland the other day. But yeah, anyway. Just the rumors about them being interested in Gordon and uh, John Collins. And then you have the Vikings, who still need a ton of off- offensive line help. And there's been rumors uh, that they, that they have, they've had talks with the Baltimore Ravens about uh, Orlando Brown Jr. So it got me thinking, just which, which Orlando trade is more likely? The, they're, both, they're both different. That one's basketball, one's football. One is with a player named Orlando. One is with a team in Orlando. They both seem unlikely for multiple reasons. The Magic are going to want a ton for Gordon, even though they're they're, strugg- they're struggling this year in the East with a bunch of injuries. Uh, Vucevic has been playing awesomely well, but Gordon's been hurt. I know the Wolves have been trying for the last 13 months or so to, to trade for Gordon. But, yeah, just it's, it's difficult. I heard some rumors that they wanted a first-round pick. I don't know if it's smart to give, give up a first, another first-round pick. I think Ricky has been awesome, but I think a team like Orlando, they could use a guy like Ricky, especially when they, they're, they're point, the point guard that they were expecting to, to have this season Markel Fultz, he's out for the year. And their their point, their guard play hasn't been really great. And it's matching salaries, but I don't know. They might they might not they might want more. Brown Jr. Now he wants a trade from Baltimore because he really wants to play left tackle. That they had they've been had him play mostly right tackle until this past year when Ronnie Stanley got hurt. He was shifted from the right side to the left side. So I don't know how much uh, I don't I don't know how much he would cost in a trade. It seems seems like he would cost a ton, maybe a second round pick, which the Vikings currently don't have, maybe a third round pick, maybe even a first round pick. I I don't know how much. I just think it's very fascinating that two different franchises in this town right now are both trying to make trades for an or uh, both both trying to make a trades involving an Orlando. That both seem far fetched. I think if the wolves moving moving back to the wolves, I do think, however, if they make a trade uh, bet- between now and Wednesday, anything that's a shocker, I think the Gord- Gordon is probably most likely. I think, and we'll get to it next week when I when I have some guests on to to, to talk wolves. But I think John Collins is just unrealistic. That the Hawks are going to want a crap ton for him. They're gonna as whoever whoever gets him is gonna have to pay him max money in the summer. The wolves don't have any reportedly don't have anything the hawks want, so I just don't see it making sense. I, I guess I'm under the belief that it'd be it'd be ludicrous to trade another first round pick when you already owe, owe Golden State one for sure. 
either this year or next year. You're gonna you're gonna owe the Warriors a pick already. It'd be ludicrous to blow another pick. But I digress. I think if the Wolves were to make any sort of trade, I do think it'd be for Aaron Gordon. He's a nice fit next to Cat. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's gonna translate to wins in, in the win column, but I think it's a trade it's a trade to keep an eye on between now and Wednesday. I think the Vikings they don't have much cap space now after the moves for uh, Peterson and Tomlinson, but I think if, if but they need some help along the, along the offensive line. I think it 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 would behoove them. I know they've had talks previously with the Ravens. I don't know the extent of those talks. Uh, I'll ha- I'll have to do some more digging into that, but I would I imagine that'd be kind of difficult. But uh, I think Brown would be a player who could fit this scheme. Fairly well, fairly well. He wants to play left tackle, and you could keep Ezra Cleveland at guard if you wanted to, and keep, and put Brown at left tackle. It's something that could work. I don't know. I guess I'm I'm keeping my I'm keeping my eye on those two on those two specific trade scenarios, uh, for for the team beloved teams in our town. I just thought it's really odd that one involves a player named, named Orlando, another involves a team in in Orlando. Similar similar type scenarios. Uh, in in regards to those two trades, so I guess we'll just have to find out and see. We, we, we just we just have to see. I think the Wolves getting Gordon at this moment today is more likely though than the Vikings getting Brown uh, Brown Junior. I, I I I don't know. I guess I can't say for sh- for sure because I still don't think either one is likely to happen. But I just feel like if the if the magic. If the, the it'd be easier to trade a team like the Magic for Gordon than it would to trade for Collins, but I don't know specifically what Orlando would would seek from the Wolves. I guess. Uh... All right, we're back. So, so uh, tonight I'm just watching the first four NCAA tournament getting started, and it's just kind of it's sa- it's still sad that my squad, the Gophers, are not participating. And uh, we found out the other day uh, the Gophers officially announced they're changing coaches. Uh, fortunately for both for all parties, looks like uh, Patino he found a new job uh, with in Albuquerque with the new University of New Mexico. So it's good for him that he still gets the coach. He's a he's a good man, good family man. He's a good he's a good person. Uh, he everyone everyone likes him. It's just he just I think he. he the results were just against him. That, for whatever reason, just he he had trouble. He had trouble getting the right players in, and he just had had uh, his problems winning in the Big Ten. I think that's just that's just what it came down to. Unfortunately, is that in a business like sports, uh, the, a lot of times you get to, you get judged by your results. And in his eight years, when we went to the tournament twice, just uh, under way under five hundred in the in the conference. But he's a good man. He he deserves to coach somewhere, so it's good for him that he got a job uh, at New Mexico. It also it's good for the Gophers for, uh, in their next search uh, that they don't have to pay a massive buyout that they would have had to pay him. So it's good for all parties. Now it'll be very interesting to see what happens next. Uh, my good man Daniel House, uh, he'll be on tomorrow. But uh, he he gave me he gave me a few uh, inside tips. So I'm just trying to see here. I don't. I personally just don't see the big fish. I know a lot of people telling me about 
Eric Musselman at Arkansas. They're really good. I think they could, they're good enough to probably go to the Final Four. If not, then I think I think one of the teams from the SEC, either Arkansas or Alabama, could go to the Final Four. But anyway, about uh, Musselman, I I just don't see it. I know he loves Minnesota. His his family's here. Uh, he, I know he 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 would love he would love to get the chance to coach here, but financially, I just don't see it. Because you'd have to pay Arkansas, you'd have to pay them five million. Then you'd probably have to pay Musselman like two two and a half million. To, to come here, so you're paying seven to eight million for somebody when when the U is already in debt and they don't have, and to my understanding they don't have big time boosters to help funnel funds, so it's like I don't know if in the budget they don't have like seven eight million, so I know people are telling me that I, I just don't see it with Musselman. I think there's a lot of young up and co- I think there's a lot of up and coming coaches there. I like the coach from Loyola. Uh, Porter Moser, I think he'd be a nice coach. I think the Cleveland State coach be nice. I think I know I was reading, and I was reading, I was, but I was reading the Star Tribune and just talking about the lack of diversity. So I think I, I just think that uh, we, what, uh, what, whoever, whoever it is, just needs a, it needs a wide, diverse voice. And I'm, I'm glad that it appears in this search. It's gonna be a wide net cast. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, I'd like, like, like I said, in the past, I wanted B-Line originally. I don't think that's going to happen. I think if he's going to coach anywhere, it'll probably be at Indiana. And I don't even know about that. But I know, like I said, a lot of people, a lot of people are asking about Musselman. I, I don't see that. I think it'll be a good, it'll be a good coach. It'll be a good coach. I don't know if it'll be a power five head coach, a current, a current power five head coach. I know. Oklahoma State's coach Mike Boynton was was named. I don't, I don't know if it'll be a Power Five coach. I think the Gophers would be would be well off to get a coach who's had some level of track record track record record of success, uh, coaching a team. Maybe if it's a mid major, that's fine. But I think it just needs to be a coach who has a good, uh, stable, firm program in place who can uh, help who can help turn things around. But it'll be interesting to see. I mean. Uh, things uh, f- things need to get better. You know, we'll have some new some, some new players coming in, some guys on the team leaving. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how quick and how uh, how fast the pr- hiring process will take. Um, very fascinated to see this see this through because it's, it's my squ- it's my squad, man. It's it's, it's my squad. So I want to see. Th- I I hate when they're not successful. So I want to see them uh, get get things right. Turn things around. One thing I, I'm just really impressed by the, all the youth and young talent every single professional sport team in this town has, no matter how good or how bad they are. Just the, all the young players that have come to the, these teams in the last year have just been awesome. First, you have Crystal Crystal Dangerfield, who's shredded it for the links. She was not even expected to to to, to do very well as a Coming in as a second round pick, she not only becomes starting point guard, but she wins rookie of the year. She's just phenomenal. You have Justin Jefferson. He comes in. He he sets the rookie record, breaking breaking Randy Moss and Andy Anquan Bolden's rookie records for receiving. Then you have Anthony Edwards, who's good. I mean, he's probably not going to win rookie of the year. Uh, Lamelo probably beat him out, but you have Anthony Edwards, who's been. Really good the last the last five games, he's just heating up. 
You have Jade uh, McDaniels, who's proven to potentially be the power forward of the future. He's the only guy on this roster who legitimately has two-way potential to play both sides of the court. Then, of course, you have Kirill, Kabri- Kirill, uh, Kirill Kabrizov. He's just he he leads the entire uh, uh, rookie all all rookies in the NHL in points. He leads the Wild in points. He's just he's phenomenal. He's most likely going to he's probably going to win the Calder Trophy. Then you have the Twins who enters uh, who ha- have interest in training with uh, Alex Karolov likely start opening day st- being the opening day starter at left field. So it's just incredible. All the professional sports teams in this town have young guys. Now I know we said this in the past. You can go back old tweets, old tweets, tweets exposed. You can go back to 2014 or a year prior when you have all these rookie crops and you're like, oh, these guys are gonna be great, and then they, the rest, of, the rest of their careers they disappoint, and that's possible. We we can't predict injuries. We can't predict future circumstances. But I'm just convinced that the crop of young players that we have in this town, they're just going to continue to entertain and they're just going to continue to improve uh, as as their careers move forward. I really do. I, I, I really do. I'm, I, I think Jefferson... I, I, I knew Jefferson was going to be good coming in. I didn't think he was going to be this good. I knew the same, the same with uh, Kaprizov. I think... Someone like Dangerfield, she's she she exceeded expectations clearly, so it's, it's it was really it, it was really fun to watch her play. Edwards and McDaniel's they've had slow starts, but they're rounding into form. Uh, Edwards is the number one pick, and uh, McDaniel's uh, even more of a surprise. He was taken towards the end of the first round. Then you have Cap, uh, Cap uh, like I said, you had Caprizov who's. We all expected to be this uh, to be this good. We never thought we never thought he'd actually come over. And when he did, just how great he's he's been the start of his career. Now Kirillov, he had the one game in the playoffs last year, and he had a he had a hit in that game against Houston, but, but he's never really put, had an extended period in the major league. So we'll have to see with him. Like I said, I don't know. And like we in, in twenty fourteen, he had the. That time we had Andrew Wiggins come in, and you had. I still haven't given up on Buxton, but you had him come in, and it has hasn't gone the way we would have thought. Then uh, a lot, a lot of just a lot. Like I said, a lot of times that you have a, a, a enormous amounts of rookies on all the sport professional sports teams at one time. It's happened before, and we think, oh, they're going to be so great, and it doesn't always turn out that way. But I'm hoping, and I'm. I'm very confident that each each of these five young player each of these five teams with the with their young players will continue to improve and continue to reach new heights. Well, thank you guys so much. Uh, I'm hoping to get some guests on, hoping to improve my reps, hoping to make you all proud, make you all loyal listeners. Uh, to tell your friends to spread spread the news around. Uh, we got my uh, got some great guests coming up. It's gonna be a great, uh, great, great next couple of weeks on this program. So, thank you so much, guys, for listening. Assalamu alaikum. Good evening. Stop recording.